Good morning. Court Radio is now in session. Call 215-227-2727. When you've got legal questions, we've got the answers. This is Court Radio. And now here's your host, Dean Weitzman. Good morning. And welcome back. I'm Dean Weitzman, your host for the next hour of legal education and entertainment. I want to thank our listeners. I've been informed that we are now regularly in excess of 10,000 listeners every Saturday morning. Folks, this show would not be what it is without you, truly. Your questions, your insightful questions, your crazy questions are what drives us every Saturday to wake up and get here and try to help you out. 215-227-2727. That's the number for Court Radio every Saturday morning. Brought to you by my Philly lawyer. The rest of the week, that number will get you right to my office. 215-227-2727. The only number you need for your legal issues. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, We got an action-packed show today and much to talk about. Um, But just a couple little things. Did you see that uh, Mr. Mills got a pardon? From the governor. Yes. From governor. And do you know that I've already gotten two or three emails from clients saying, see, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. I want a pardon. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long. <laughs> Does it work like that, D? Pardon well, me? Pardon yeah. you. Pardon you. <laughs> well, I beg your pardon. With uh, Trumpy Trump, it, it seemed to work that way. That's the card, yeah. right? Hey. Yeah. But, um, no, you've, you've got to... Um, you know, more likely than not, you've got to be politically connected. Um, there's got to be some significant um, circumstances that would warrant that. Either your need um, to have a pardon in order for you to move on in your life, um, or you've done these wonderful things for the community that uh, demonstrate that you are a changed person. Um, there's, you know, there's a process that you have to go through. Uh, you've got to get sponsors, um, who will sponsor you. And then it's the, up to the governor of the state of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, who will make that decision. Um, how many people get pardoned versus how many people file for pardon? Mm. I have no idea. Um, but I would imagine it's a, it's a small percentage. So... For clarity, this means that Mr. Robert R. Williams, a.k.a. Meek Mill, no longer has to worry about Judge Denise Brinkley or anyone else getting in his business, tell him he can't do this. He can now leave the state. He can go out and make a living. He's not be held to any other jurisdiction. He is a free and clear guy now. Nothing in the way. No, that's, that's it, it. As if the crime never occurred. Never occurred. Yeah, it's wiped. It's gone. It's... It, it's back to... Is this expunged? Is that what that is? No, uh, it's, it's better than it's expunged. It's better than expunged. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, expunged, you know, there's still a trace of that record. Mm-hmm. Um, but pardoned? No, that's... He's got a clean slate. Okay. It's as if it never happened. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Good for Governor Wolf. Good job. And, and um, you know, now he can sit courtside at the Sixers... And uh, take that red letter off of his uh, forehead that he was walking around. He wasn't walking around with anything. I mean, he, you know, he bounced back. He I never saw that professionally, and yeah. uh, and and I'm sure in every other way. But um, he can, you know. And now, if your crime is a federal crime, then the governor can't do diddly. Right. Uh, then it's got to be the president. Mm. These are executive decisions, and depending on whether you're crime was a federal crime or a state crime, it's got to either be the governor or the uh, president that pardons you. And I mean, this is the governor's leaving. This is on his way out. Going well, to that's what governor. they do. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, the last year, the governor is very busy handing out pardons to mm-hmm. friends and family. 
Josh Shapiro takes over in a week or two. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, anyway, congratulations to Mr. Mills. And, uh, yeah, don't think that if you have a crime and it's, you know, an older crime and you've been a good person ever since, all of that is a minimum necessary. But mm. without the connections, it's it's not usually something that's going to happen. Like having the owners of the Sixers as good friends. And, yeah. Among yeah, others. Yeah. Among others. Yeah. 215-227-2727, the number to call court radio today. And I want to tell you, we're we're so busy today that if you're not calling early, you're probably not getting through. Hmm. So um, just fair warning, 215-227-2727. We have a, a regular guest who's uh, on uh, to my left. The one and only Donald Bermudez. Welcome back to Court Radio, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning. I'm glad to be back. Good morning, Dean. I'm very glad to be back. Very glad to have an opportunity to speak on the radio. I uh, I love the radio. AM radio, FM radio, it's all great. It is. It's a uh, an old school technique to reach our um, our fans, our listeners, the citizens of the area. Um, and you know what? Um, I like talk radio. You know, um, love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I always learn something from talk radio, and um, it's it's especially in the morning. It's it's just a good way to have a cup of coffee and kind of kick back and mm. and let it all wash over you. I know our list. You know, I I go out and and about in the in the world, and and um, when people hear my name. Um, what traditionally what happens is they first they're surprised and then they say you know I want to thank you because you know you and your team uh, in court radio have taught me a lot and um, and you know knowledge is power absolutely you know? otherwise you know you get taken advantage of by um, folks who have uh, more money than you you make any calls this week did I make any calls any personal calls personal calls. To some of the clients, as you say, stated last week. Uh, oh yes, I, absolutely, I did, okay. and right. I've spoken to clients this week, and 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 uh, um, on several occasions, and and um, uh, I get emails from clients, and I, I scheduled them for next week as well. Um, I love talking to my clients and kind of making them a part of the team mm. that's going to put forth their claim for whatever it is. Um, because having intelligent and knowledgeable clients makes the case a far better case, no matter what. Um, expectations of clients are, are important as well, and um, yeah, no, no, no doubt. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. That's and, good. When um, you said that last week, we were like, "Good man, good," because you don't often hear from your attorney in these types of cases. But to actually hear from you, to talk with you, yeah. Listen, Dean at myphillylawyer dot com is my email, and one of the greatest things is for a client to email me um, their question or concerns, uh, and then I get right on it. I'm not playing. All right, our first guest before Donald is Councilman Mark Squilla. Good morning, Mark, and welcome to Court Radio. Morning, Dean. Happy to be here. Morning, Councilman. I think this is Mark's first uh, go round on court radio, and um, oh. so you know, uh, Saturday, uh, January the fourteenth is now going to become one of our trivia questions. When did Mark Squilla first appear on court ah. radio? Um, Mark, 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 Mark. You you came up with um, a bill um, that has to do with. Airbnbs. Tell the listeners a little bit about it and why you thought it was important that we needed to address this. Yeah, the whole concept came from um, complaints and concerns from residents uh, throughout my district on um, not so much Airbnbs in general, but short-term rentals that were in residential neighborhoods. Uh, and the short-term rentals that were nuisances. Uh, we had pr plenty of uh, uh, rental properties throughout the city of Philadelphia, and periodically you have some that become a problem and others that aren't. And the goal of the legislation was to allow the short-term properties to continue, but to regulate them and therefore be able to have somebody who's being held accountable if the property becomes a nuisance. And uh, so we worked with uh, I. we worked with the city's uh, uh, law department, and then we work with uh, some of the platforms, uh, Expedia, Airbnb, and others, 
to devise a regulation that uh, will help the city to enforce, you know, the short-term rentals from being uh, nuisance property owners in mainly residential areas. So how, what has to happen now? What's changed in that, in that uh, area that um, folks need to be concerned about? What is it they need to do? There's uh, two, two options. Uh, one is if, if you're in the CMX3, which is sort of center city type uh, area zoning, uh, you could get your uh, visitor accommodation permit. You need a visitor accommodation permit if you don't have proper zoning. Um, you could get that by right over the counter. So areas like you know center city, uh, high-rise buildings, uh, places like that, uh, that do Airbnbs. You know, you have the Saunders and, and folks like that that have short-term rentals. Uh, they could all get those permits uh, by right. The the issues are with single-family homes, single-family homes that are rentals. If you are a single-family home, uh, RSA five-zone property, and um, you do not live there, it's a, a rental property, income-bearing property. You then have to get a variance for that property to become a uh, short-term rental. Now, the other option is if you have a, a single-family home, but you live there and say you go away periodically or you rent some rooms out in your house and things like that, then you need to get what is called a limited lodging license is that you live there and that you could just get that over the counter. Um, you don't have to go through a, a zoning process or a variance process because the whole goal of the bill was to be able to hold somebody accountable. If you're living in the home where you're renting it, uh, to short-term rentals, uh, it's easy for the neighbors or the city to be able to contact you and say, hey, you know, you're putting your trash out the wrong days, you're having parties in your home, uh, there's some criminal activity, uh, things like that, that would be challenges. So uh, during the conversations with the short-term rentals, uh, they came up with the split in that if you're living there, it's easier to hold people accountable, and so it's easier to get the uh, license for a short-term rental. But if you're not, you would need a variance. And a variance process would need a meeting with the RCO, which is the Registered Community Organization, and then a, a trip to the ZBA, Zoning Board of Adjustments, to get a variance for your property. And uh, you would then need what is known as a visitor accommodation license. And um, people are in the process of doing both. The people uh, would, that have CMX3 property designations and zoning, uh, they are getting their uh, visitor accommodations over the counter. People who are living in their homes are getting limited lodging uh, licenses. And then people who are do not live in their homes and just have rental properties have to get a visitor accommodation, which would be a variance, and they're going through that process with the RCOs and GBA. Let me ask you a question. So let's say I got a, a, a condo up in the Ritz right across from City Hall, and um, I've outgrown it. So I, I, I buy a big house in on the main line, and that condo is sitting there, and I decide, hey, I'm going to use this as an Airbnb. What What do I have to do in order to make that legal? What you do is you apply for the uh, – it's probably going to be by right. All you probably apply is for a uh, a um, visitor accommodation permit. Your property is probably zoned high rent, the CMX 3 or 4 or above. You get the permit right over the counter, and you would have your uh, ability to do a short-term rental license. Same scenario, but I got a little, a little house uh, in the Oxford Circle where I grew up. And, um, and I've outgrown that, and I've moved on. Um, is that as easy as the condo in Center City, or is that now going to require the variance and the more expensive? Depending, depending, right, depending on how it's zoned. Most likely if it's a single-family home, like in a row, a residential neighborhood, um, that would be zoned RSA 5. So you would need a variance process. So you would apply for the... Uh, visitor accommodations, you would get a refusal from L&I. That would then require you to appeal that, and so you have a meeting with the RCO for a variance and go and a trip to the ZBA uh, in order to get approval for that what, license. What made all this happen? What was what? Th- there was some bad stuff happening um, that made you open your eyes and look at this and, and oh. have to address it. What happened? Like we said early on, it was mainly the party house during 2019, 2020. 
people would rent these homes on weekends uh, in residential neighborhoods, and they would rent them, and they would have massive parties. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the, the community people in the neighborhood are saying, what, what's going on in these houses? Uh, we've had, we had several shootings. Uh, we've had a, a lot of calls to police. Um, and um, we started looking at their, their Airbnbs and, and other short-term rentals uh, and finding out what is our ability to regulate these or how do we stop the bad ones. Well, we couldn't. Uh, all you needed at that point was a rental license. Everything was also by right. There was no way to pull a license. And so the idea of working with law and Al and I was how do we come up with a way to be able to regulate just the bad operators uh, without throwing the baby out with the bathwater? And so um, came up with a short-term rental license proposal met with the, the short-term rental platforms, worked through a process. You know, it took about a year or so, uh, and then we came up uh, with this model. Now, this model is just starting to be enforced now. January 6th was the enforcement date that people needed these licenses by. It was supposed to start in July, but because people were having – either didn't know about it or uh, didn't start our process to get their – short-term rental license. We extended it another six months to give people time to be able to uh, get their license before the platforms would start requiring these licenses before you could rent in the city of Philadelphia. Now now you're cracking down. Um, let me ask Donald. Donald's uh, joined us in the uh, studio, uh, Mark, and um, I want to ask him, Donald, what happens um, with the new law that's now in effect? What, what should people be asking uh, when they go to rent an Airbnb or a house? Uh, as the person who wants to rent it and stay in it for short term, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, now if you want to make sure that everything's on the up and up, which, you know, just because you don't have these things doesn't mean it's an unsafe property, but that's kind of a separate issue. But um, you can obviously just contact license and inspections and make sure they have all of these requirements. Um the best part about this is that it will be under the, you know, the supervision of L&I. So if it truly is an unsafe property, then, you know, it can be shut down and people should know that. And you can – now that L&I is going to be issuing these licenses, any violations of the L&I code will be online. What I'm – you know, the purpose of the law and the, what the law actually requires, I'm not really understanding the nexus because – you know, if you give me any address in Philadelphia, you want to find the owner. There's a property app online. You just look up the owner. The new law doesn't do anything to make that process easier, but it it will make the property safer because they're under the control of L and I. And if there's any violations, then it will be shut down, and they need to be corrected. So, um, as a renter, the person wanting to stay in an Airbnb, just make sure that. You know, you can call this department directly or you can look it up online to make sure they have the proper licenses. Mark, if I'm a neighbor of a property that's about to, you know, is seeking this variance, do I get notice? And how is it that I can um, object? Can I object? Is, is this by right or or can I say, hey, I don't want an Airbnb next to my home. I don't want you know, people, different people coming in and out of that property every week. Um, where do I go to voice my concerns? Two things. Real quick, I just want to go jump back to the last question, that people will not no longer be able to rent their short-term rental without a license number because Airbnb has now created their database to include in Philadelphia, if you have a property, you have to include your license in there. So, it will be complaint-driven for enforcement-wise where the city would be able to go and then if we get a complaint about a certain Airbnb, they would be able to look at the um, short-term rental uh, platform and say, hey, this person does not have a valid license. Uh, you have to remove it. And then if it's not removed at a certain time, then the platform would be fined. So that would be a way for enforcement to happen on those. Again, it will be complaint-driven, though. The city's not going to go look at every Airbnb and then go research it every week to see uh, if all of them have valid licenses. But once we get a complaint through 311 or through L&I, 
they would then search it, look, make sure it's a valid license, see if there's a, any violations, so forth and so on, and then make a decision and work with the short-term rental there. But as far as a, a, a resident um, that would have a concern, if you're in an area where it's a single-family home and that person needs a variant to apply for a short-term rental, you would be notified because the requirements uh, by law when you have a variant is you have to notify 250 feet uh, from your property in the surrounding of that area. So every property owner will get a notice when there's an RCO meeting, which is a registered community organization meeting, and they will be saying, we're going to have a meeting for a refusal from L&I um, for this property because it wants to be a short-term rental. Now, you know, we've had some of these already, and some of these short-term rentals are actually no problem. The, the people don't mind them, uh, and they've had support from their community members. And, and yet we had some that um, were very uh, residents and neighbors were very opposed to that process. Now, once that process is done through the community, the community and the council member sends a letter to the uh, ZBA, Zoning Board of Adjustments. And then once that letter goes to the Zoning Board of Adjustments, they're an independent body that gets to decide whether the property owner gets that variance or not. Now, you know, nine out of ten times, the Zoning Board of Adjustments will sort of support the community and, and or the council office in that request. But again, this, you know, when you, when you apply for a variance, you have to say hardship, you have to claim hardship, and you've got to prove hardship in order to get that. And if some people are able to uh, claim hardship, uh, the ZBA could actually approve it um, because they did not want that process controlled by the political um, parties. So the process is, is fair. There are options out there for people who do want to do this for their properties. But even if they don't get it, it doesn't alleviate them from renting their properties because you could still do 30 days or more if you rent your property. And or you could do, you know, yearly rentals if you have a property. In right. This is out there. Let's be clear. This is strictly for short term rentals, week at a time, days at a time, not for months and years. Right. But less than 30 days. Less than 30 days. Councilman, you, you've got one of the most designated districts in terms of names. South Philadelphia, Center City, Chinatown, Northern Liberties, Fishtown, Kensington, Port Richmond, the River Wards. And we were reading and talking about bad actors. Where are the Airbnbs in your district mostly? And where were they these issues? Believe it or not, they are actually throughout the district. Uh-huh. Uh, South Philly had a ton of them, but we have a lot in the uh, Northern Liberties, Fishtown, and really Kensington neighborhoods. Um, wow. Which, you know, people would say, oh, why would you do it there? And the reason why you would see a lot of the Airbnbs up in the Kensington area, even though you might think that's a, a tougher neighbor, and maybe if you're vacationing, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> you might area. think. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have a I walking dead tour. Cayman make some Islands, money. Trust me. <laughs> it's not the Cayman Islands. It's not the Cayman Islands. <laughs> no. You know, it's not beachfront. I mean, it depends on what the type of uh, scenario you're looking at. But syringes. Um, the, um, when you talk to the property owners, they tell you that they're able to make a lot more money off the short-term rentals than you can if you're renting it in Kensington for $800 a month. So even if you only get two weekends out of it, you can make more than that and, and sometimes be able to get rentals that um, increase your, you know, your income on that property. Uh, so we saw them popping up in those areas too. And then those areas actually were some of the ones that we were even having, you know, some of our parties in, um, cause these were bigger homes that were rented. And sometimes it's harder to rent a bigger home, um, year round hmm. in, in, in those areas than it would be to do a short term party house. And, uh, so it's, it became, you know, questions and concerns throughout the, the neighborhoods. And again, most of our concerns didn't come from, let me say, center city, where you have high rises, where people are always in and out of them. It came from, you know, row home neighborhoods, um, places like uh, Fishtown, uh, places like even um, uh, Queen Village and uh, um, Whitman, uh, Lower Mormensing, uh, places like that, where they still have them, but it was just the nuisance ones or the people that went in there with no way of us to, to try to regulate them. So, again, this is still a work in progress. Enforcement just started right now. I'm sure we're going to continue to work with our 
our, our short-term rental folks, uh, the platforms, and with the city and our residents to see how the rollout and enforcement plays out, and we'll probably have to tweak it along the way. Um, so we'll be watching it closely and trying to make sure the intention of the legislation is carried through and it does what uh, most people want it. Is this, a, is this the first bill that you've uh, introduced and saw all the way, all the way through to uh, enactment? Oh, no, no. We've had plenty. I've been in for who's over the, 10 years. Who's so this we, we stuff? I'm talking to you. We, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> Mark, Mark, listen, know, you, you, might be, you might be the last living cell in a dying body. I mean, there's yeah. no, there there's are no, no more councilmen. There's no council people. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's running for mayor. I think you might be the president <laughs> of council at this point. I mean, is there anybody left there? Yeah, we have a few members. I have, we, yeah, we as council have a few members. Uh, left and uh, you know it was a struggle there for a while when everybody left uh, making sure we had a quorum uh, but um, you know we have some fill-ins in and May May is going to be interesting because we're going to see probably a big change of you know maybe six to eight new members wow on, what on, on mm-hmm. insane that's crazy and, and a new mayor and a new mayor yeah Yep. All right. Well, listen, Mark, I really appreciate you coming on today. And thanks for being a hard worker for the city of Philadelphia. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. And thank you for giving me the time to explain. All right. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. 215-227-2727. Let's take a call from a listener. Um, Line two, Diane, South Philly. Hi, Diane. Welcome to Core Radio. Gene, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. First, I want you to know I still have my T-shirt that says, um, I think it says, so I have a one in the wall because there's a medium right now. I'm wearing a large. (laughs) Thank you for your honesty, you (laughs) you humble woman, you. Thank you. I'm Uh, a South Philly babe. I remember the council because I worked on on the poll. And also, I'm holding two tickets from January the 20th, 1914. I won them on Talk radio with you oh, for the, the tribute for Dr. Martin Luther King. Wow. At the, uh, downtown. Yeah. yeah, that goes back. I'm sure that I'm, yeah, Th- thank I'm you sure for that, that reminder. I, now I remember who you are. Yes, we have pictures together. Yes, I can put a face yeah. with the uh, voice. So yeah. uh, what's your question, Diane? My question is, Dean, explain to me. I have a case. It hasn't been, I haven't received anything as of yet. But when I did get a letter from my lawyer, he wants to charge me for medical records, but I never released. I never released my medical records. And also, uh, when it comes to physical therapy, I paid out of pocket for myself. I did this on my own. Now, I know a lawyer will charge you for an investigation, but... um, I can't understand. If you could explain to me how sure. they charge you for medical records if you never release them. All right. Well, I don't know what he does or she does, and that's a whole nother. That's a sidebar because I'm wondering why, since you love me and we've got relations together mm-hmm. and photos, while you why you weren't with me, I don't mm. know. Mm. 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 All right, but I'm going to put that aside because we're short. We're short on time, and I'll accept your apology later. Don't worry. Um, here, here's here's what I want to say. When a client gets signed up by my office, they sign a bunch of documents. They sign a fee agreement, which uh, you know that that kind of controls what I can charge you and for what costs you're going to pay, etc. But you also sign a number of authorizations for release of information because I have to, as your attorney, gather the medical records, which I will then provide to the uh, defendant, the wrongdoer, so that they can evaluate your file or when we go to trial so that I can have the doctors testify. So I have to gather those medical records. That's a that's like, you know, the first thing we do once you're completed your treatment. And while and even while you're on your treatment's ongoing. So I assume you signed such an authorization. I assume if your attorney's competent, they gathered those medical records in order to represent you. But if the doctor charged them or the hospital or the EMS, if they were charged to acquire those records, that is a part of the costs, more likely than not, that you agreed to pay in your fee agreement. And so 
It's routine police reports, EMS reports, medical records. Those small costs are reimbursed to the attorney if the attorney is successful in winning your case. To remind him of my case because it was over two years ago. He didn't even know, oh, I have to look at my files. And also, I thought those fees would come out of the fee that I'm paying him. No. I, no. They, it's separate. It, it, it's, it is separate, and it is usually on top of the fee. So you get the attorney gets the costs back. And mm-hmm. uh, but still takes a fee on the gross settlement. So if you have three hundred dollars in costs and you're paying a forty percent fee and your case settles for ten thousand, you're paying the attorney four thousand dollars and then you're paying him another three hundred for your costs. That's kind of standard fare. <laughs> Diane from South Philly, uh, I love you even though you cheated on me. Um, <laughs> You were all, I was going to call the lawyer Slick Willie Neckbone, but since you clarified it and you made it correct and you gave me a perception of what's going on, how it's being done, you will always be my fairly fine lawyer. There you go, Diane. Be well. Thanks for calling Court Radio, and I'll see you on your next case, or I will beat you down, lady. Oh, you might have to beat me down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like she, so she really fat- took a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have a great day, Diane. Where are we going today? Man. <laughs> Folks, so we're you- at the half hour, and we're getting feedback from Mr. <laughs> Jackson's earphones. Uh, we're at the half hour. We'll be back in two minutes after our sponsors have their way with you. If you've been injured on the job and are entitled to workers' comp, you need someone fighting for you from the start. Call Jeffrey Gross, attorney at law. Don't rely on your employer or insurance company to get it right. Call 215-512-1500. If you're entitled to workers' comp or it's being challenged, Jeffrey Gross can help get the money you deserve, and he won't get paid unless you get paid. Call 215-512-1500. Jeffrey Gross, attorney at law, representing Pennsylvania's injured workers for more than 20 years. If you're in pain due to a motor vehicle accident or work injury, there's only one place to turn. Call the team of professionals at Allied Medical Associates, 800-342-1153. Allied Medical has served the Philadelphia area for over 20 years with high-quality medical care and is now at six convenient locations. If you've been injured and are in pain, call Allied Medical to speak with our intake nurse, 800-342-1153. Allied Medical Associates, 800-342-1153. For 20 years, Center City Medical Center has provided premium expert medical services for Philadelphia. Whether you need musculoskeletal rehab or an immigration physical, call 888-945-EXAM. Our board-certified physicians have more than 80 years' experience from post-injury rehab to DNA paternity testing. To make an appointment at one of our three convenient locations, call 888-945-EXAM. Get premium expert care. Center City Medical Center, serving Northeast, North, and Center City, Philadelphia. When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, my Philly lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call my Philly lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. legal answers here's more court radio with your host dean weitzman good morning and welcome back i am your host dean weitzman this is court radio every saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m where we tackle the tough legal questions of the day i'm joined in the studio with my friend Donald Bermudez, counselor at large, and the one and only Manny Manuel Glenn. Didn't win the Mega Millions last night. Yeah, me either. 
Me either. Mm. Oh, well, got to keep we can, working. We can tell you didn't win, Manny, because you're here. I would have come in. I would have come in. <laughs> you're here. I would have come in. He would have had to seek counsel from his attorney. I, absolutely. And I would have <laughs> called Dean, right? It'd been my first call. Yes. That really would have. <laughs> no matter what time of morning, right? It would have been no a last-minute oh, repeat for that call. 2 a.m. Dean, <laughs> Dean, guess call? what, Dean? Oh, yeah. It's 2.30 in the morning. You're yeah. like, you're taking that, right? I'm taking that call. <laughs> I'm taking that call. Um, and I have to start my clock, too. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, you know, you're uh-huh. dope with cash. I don't get a little piece, <laughs> we're, a little we're taste. Fr- we're friends. A of taste? course I'm going to take care of my <laughs> yeah. friend. Okay. All, right. All right. We got somebody special on the line. Uh, his mother was a public high school teacher for 31 years. Yes, she was. His father was a war veteran mm-hmm. and worked for the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And he ran around, uh, what do you call a, a soccer field? Uh, the pitch. The pitch. He ran around the pitch as a captain of his soccer team. Captain of the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you of V uh, graduate and a Juris Doctorate from my alma mater, Temple University. He's been on the show a number of times, and I call him my friend. The one and only Derek Green. Welcome back, sir. Councilman. Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be on the show with all of you this morning. Uh, Dean, I was you must have been hanging around uh, Mr. Glenn quite a bit because your voice came in very deep. <laughs> I'm never so too definitely- old to learn from the best. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as, as I was listening to the program, I thought this show started at 9 a.m., um, but it sounded very adult when you and your former um, caller were talking about how you were going to physically mm. engage each other. one 900 Dean. We never know the twists uh, and turns <laughs> of court radio. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, like, and where the FCC is going to come in. Yeah. Um, Welcome back, Councilman. <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. Um, Derek. Always a pleasure to be with you. You are, you are ex-Councilman Derek Green. Um, you have taken off your councilmanic robes to run for mayor. My fir- and when I heard it and I saw it, my first thought was, what? Why? Why would you want this job right now? It seems like it's just so difficult. So there's going to be so many people that want your attention and want you to solve problems that have been problems of this city for a long time and have only gotten worse since COVID. Why? Tell me why, Derek. Well, Dean, just like you, I went to law school, and I think when people decide to go to law school, they often want to do that because they're trying to solve problems. And when people reach out to you, when I call my silly lawyer because they had a catastrophic industry or some issue, they're looking for someone like you to represent them, and you chose this profession because you're trying to solve problems and help people. And I come from the same background. Often I tend to run into the most challenging problems, and as I was, you know, national president of Democratic municipal officials and also served on the executive command nationally of cities, I was seeing friends, colleagues, mayors from around the country really be creative in how they try to address the issues in their cities. And I just wasn't seeing that here in Philadelphia. And it really prompted me to think about we need someone with some vision, energy, and leadership to not be afraid to take on these hard issues. That's something I've always tried to do as a former assistant district attorney, as a former small business lender and small business owner. You know, I've always been someone that, you know, when difficult challenges come up, I'm one that's going to run towards the challenge, not away from it. And I love this city. This is a city that um, has helped me do so much in my life. Um, When I look at other cities around the country, none of them can compete to the city of brotherly love. As my wife often reminds me, sisterly effectiveness. But I believe that the citizens in the city of Philadelphia should expect more and deserve better from our city. And I'm going to be that mayor for the citizens and be the 100th mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Is that it? Is that right? The 100th. Wow. 
It doesn't come up a lot, but yeah. that is the case. Yeah. Wow, one hundredth. Let me say, let me ask you this: How how do you propose handling the crime that the city is infected with right now in all parts of the city? Their crime is off the charts, and people are looking at the district attorney's office, and some people are thinking they're not doing enough to help. Where where do we, how do we stem that tide? and make this city safer and more attractive to the rest of the world? How do we become the light, the beacon for the rest of the world? That we used to be. That is true. And also, you know, this is the birthplace of this nation. And so from my perspective as a former prosecutor, um, we need to make sure that we are bringing all of our criminal justice partners together. That's not just the DA's office and the police department have to work on one accord but also our U.S. Attorney's Office, our Attorney General's Office. You know, some of elected officials in this town have gone to Chester and Camden and said, how were they able to reduce crime and not here in Philadelphia? They were able to do that by following things that we used to do here in Philadelphia, programs like Focus Deterrence. So as mayor, I will take the leadership and considering I've been Assistant District Attorney, I understand how the criminal justice system works, I am someone that once was racially profiled while leaving the DA's office. So I understand the challenges that a number of people have with what's happening in law enforcement, especially coming out of George Floyd. But we also need to have accountability. Some of the ways we do that is by hiring more police officers that look like the citizens in the city of Philadelphia. You know, before I left council, I started an idea called using hiring bonuses to bring in police officers and to bring in more police officers into our city. Other cities around the nation, Seattle, Newark, and Baltimore are all using hiring bonuses. In fact, my friend Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., is actually using hiring bonuses to attract Philadelphians to come to her city to make D.C. safer. And if you walk by the one parkway building, you'll see an ad asking people to come to D.C., with a $20,000 hiring bonus and make D.C. safer. We should be using some of those creative ideas that I've seen in other cities to make Philadelphia safer. We also need to enhance our gun violence task force to specifically focus on gun issues uh, in a greater way by giving them more resources. And that's a joint effort of the DA's office and the Attorney General's office. And we need to increase that work to have a more impactful way of addressing gun violence in our city. You know, the issue that comes to mind is always crime, 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 and gun violence. But there's a lot of other things going on in this town, kitchen table issues, uh, a lot of development, a lot of contractors, developers are looking at Philadelphia and salivating. Any conversation about that, reeling them in? And what, what does Philadelphia get out of that with all these developers that want to build here because all these folks are coming here all of a sudden? You know, when I think about the development um, in the city of Philadelphia, and I'm you know, concerned about how we're growing the city, but we've got to grow our city in an equitable way, making sure that longtime homeowners are also benefiting um, from what's happening and the growth in our city. We have a huge affordable housing issue in Philadelphia. So we as a city should be helping to promote, especially black and brown developers, to do some of the development that we need for those who are homeless, for those who are um, working in our city, who are a teacher or a firefighter or a police officer or working in, you name the position, either in the government or outside the government, who can't afford, can't afford to find a home. So that's where I see the city working in a public-private partnership to help developers to focus on the areas where it's needed, which is especially for that workforce housing and affordable housing. And as a member of council, I've done legislation to address some of those issues by increasing the housing trust fund with more dollars to make people and give people the resources that they need to stay in their homes to make their homes more sustainable, but also using some of those dollars from the housing trust fund to help provide more affordable housing, especially for those who can't afford to buy homes in some of our neighborhoods. Derek, I, I, I applaud your efforts um, to improve the city. I mean, crime, 
homelessness, mental health issues. We've talked about it before. This is not new news. Um, there are serious issues, and, and we require not only a great executive, but an executive who can reach out to the federal government to bring those funds home to the city of Philadelphia to make those things better in all regards. Um, I, I wish you the best of success in your upcoming campaign. Um, I, I, I will try to bring uh, the serious mayoral candidates together on my show uh, for a roundtable. Um, if you are still in the thick of it after petitions, are you? will you join us for that uh, roundtable? Dean, always a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. Uh, I will always be available for that type of conversation because I, I agree. It's an important conversation, and we need to make sure that the next mayor of the city of Philadelphia has a vision, energy, experience, temperament, and leadership to move our city forward. And that's why I'm running, because I believe Philadelphia should expect more and deserve better from our city. Derek, be well. Talk to you soon, my friend. Take Best of luck to you. Thank, thank you so much. Be well. Take care. 215-227-2727. If you've got a legal issue, this is the place to be. So what do you think? Your brotherly love, former history I'm, major. Well, as far as Philadelphia, or what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean the future, you, the vision, no, the future yeah. of Philadelphia. You, well, you, 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 you come into the city. Donald is an attorney who focuses his practice on criminal defense. So you're there. You're in the trenches. Yeah, and you see it. And you know, ever since COVID, um, I have seen the city contract, um, and it would it became where there was more homeless, more mental health patients walking around than business people and workers because all the business people and workers left and they were sitting in their houses. So the city, the the feel of the city, (laughs) it it became um, a more dangerous, yeah, more apocalyptic (laughs) kind of thing. Have you seen that start to come back to life? Are we, are we, can you see the light at the end of the tunnel on the city of Philadelphia? Yes, I, we absolutely can. I mean, the city, the light never went out, I'd say. But mm. as far as a, is there a persistent attitude and culture of lawlessness that kind of, I think, facilitates a lot of crime in the city? Yes. I mean, you know, you speak to people who are in the criminal justice system and, you know, that uh, people pick up a number of crimes. There's kind of, you know, a sense that certain crimes shouldn't be punished Certain crimes can only be punished by a certain amount. You know, property crimes are really viewed as not even crimes anymore in this city in a lot of ways, the way they're handled. Um, so I'm saying, speaking about the crime and is a crime going to increase, is crime going to stay consistent? I'd say, yeah, it is. But despite that, the city of Philadelphia is still a great city and has a lot going on. I mean, just because you have crime doesn't mean your city is, is, is a terrible city. Um, what city doesn't have crime? All cities have some level of crime. Yeah, and, very and very violent crime. The, the type of crazy crimes we hear in Philadelphia happen everywhere. So, is I mean, there a difference now since after COVID that you're seeing amongst the people you're defending? Is there? Is, I, I asked someone recently, "What's the difference now?" Say when we were younger, and he said, "Well, there's no the family structure is different. The, the criminal is different." The, are, you, are you seeing that? The break. Well, yes, and I'm, I'm I've only been around a handful of decades, so I can't go too far back with my personal knowledge. But the brazenness. Mm. I'll give some examples. I mean. This happened in Philadelphia, Delaware County. You know, people just knocking over mailboxes, stealing mail from hundreds of mailboxes to, to, you know, check fraud scheme. Or, um, you know, there's been two different shootings right outside of the criminal courthouse, a murder right near the entrance. Um, You hear of, you know, Councilman David O, I believe, a couple years ago was robbed at gunpoint. Um, We had a congresswoman carjacked. Yes, and you, uh, <laughs> Madeline Dean. Not only carjack, but carjack right out at South Philly, right South near Philly. the stadiums. Yeah. Near, so the brazenness is something. And look, I, the reason why I try to stay out of it is I wasn't born and raised in this city. Mm-hmm. I don't live in the city anymore, so I really don't. But your perception, based on what you do, where you're from, and what you're hearing, it, it seems more brazen. Crime, the criminals are more brazen than before. Absolutely. It, is that because they do not fear the consequences right. of their actions? That is? But I think that's a small factor. I mean, crime is mostly, especially brazen crime, is of the youth. And 
youth do brazen, crazy things because they're youthful and then they grow out of it. So that's why that's, you know, the youth do this kind of everywhere. It's not unique to Philadelphia. Okay. I'm not trying to say that in any way. But I do think some of the lack of consequences and the lack of accountability by uh, certain government agencies will just say does contribute. Not a ton, but I'd say it would be not wise to ignore it. All right. We're, you know, this is a very interesting topic, and I want to come back to it. As soon as we get back from our next break, we'll be back in two minutes. If you've been injured on the job and are entitled to workers' comp, you need someone fighting for you from the start. Call Jeffrey Gross, attorney at law. Don't rely on your employer or insurance company to get it right. Call 215-512-1500. If you're entitled to workers' comp or it's being challenged, Jeffrey Gross can help get the money you deserve, and he won't get paid unless you get paid. Call 215-512-1500. Jeffrey Gross, attorney at law. Representing Pennsylvania's injured workers for more than 20 years. If you're in pain due to a motor vehicle accident or work injury, there's only one place to turn. Call the team of professionals at Allied Medical Associates, 800-342-1153. Allied Medical has served the Philadelphia area for over 20 years with high-quality medical care and is now at six convenient locations. If you've been injured and are in pain, call Allied Medical to speak with our intake nurse, 800-342-1153. Allied Medical Associates, 800-342-1153. For 20 years, Center City Medical Center has provided premium expert medical services for Philadelphia. Whether you need musculoskeletal rehab or an immigration physical, call 888-945-EXAM. Our board-certified physicians have more than 80 years' experience from post-injury rehab to DNA paternity testing. To make an appointment at one of our three convenient locations, call 888-945-EXAM. Get premium expert care. Center City Medical Center, serving Northeast, North, and Center City, Philadelphia. When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, my Philly lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call my Philly lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. Legal answers. Here's more court radio with your host, Dean Weitzman. All rise. Yes. Welcome back. This is Court Radio, and I am Dean Weitzman, your host, every Saturday morning, where we talk about, discuss legal issues, cultural affairs, and whatnot. With the team here and special guests, we have the one and only Donald Bermudez, morning Esquire, with me today. And uh, Donald does criminal defense and landlord-tenant work um, uh, and um, amongst other areas of the law. Um, we have a caller. I'm going to take a call. But I want to just jump back to what we were talking about earlier, folks. We were talking about... The crime in Philadelphia, we've got a new uh, mayor that's going to take office uh, in, in uh, we'll, we'll one have year. We'll have a new mayor. In yeah, one year. Yeah. And, and the, the, this topic is going to come up a lot mm-hmm. in the next year. Um, what, we, what we were talking about is that there's a lot of crime being um, undertaken by juveniles, um, by youth, by, you know, 20-something, early 20s on down, and and what to do about that. Really, are 17 they, on down. 12, 13 years. Yeah. 12, 13 Are they years. getting away with it? Are they, uh, are there, are there, is there brazenness a result of no fear of consequences? Consequence. Yeah. And I think that they should be, you know, I do not think they should go necessarily to jail. I mean, if the crime is warranted, that's one thing. But I think that when they begin this criminal enterprise and it's still early on and it's not as serious, it's still we need to whack them hard and they need to be on a, in like a chain gang. They need to <laughs> they need to be out cleaning the streets of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They need to wear that yellow shirt okay. that says I'm an inmate. Okay. They need. But then. Then they also need to be educated. They need to have an opportunity. 
I'm a big proponent of a carrot and stick proposal. You you give them a big stick, but you also give them a carrot so that they can see the errors of their ways and maybe have some incentives to do things differently. What about parents? Parents need to be a part of that process. Mm. Hopefully there are parents in the kid's life. I mean, that that's not always the case. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, we're talking about large societal issues, and we have to start addressing them with money and with programs and with people who want to change the way we're headed. Um, and that starts at the executive level. That's why the mayoral race is so important. They are the ones who are the cheerleaders. They get things moving in the right direction. Amen. They care. We need to pick a mayor this time that cares about the city of Philadelphia like we all do. And really wants the job. Yeah. <laughs> and not not as a stepping stone, you know, yeah, not as yeah. not as a, a, a check off on, on his or her resume. Their heart and blood and life is in the city, and they need the city to be the greatest city on earth. That's That's the mayor we need. That is exactly what we want to need. Line four, Bill from Mm -hmm. West Philly. Oh, William. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Morning. You're talking about a subject that's close to my heart. But um, I have a property my mother left me. Um, I never got tra- transferred into my name. I do have three other siblings, but, you know, nobody wants the property. This is the property, the first property my mother bought. I went by there uh, a few months ago. Somebody had moved into the property, lights on, gas on. Who's the somebody? So, um, you mean the squatter? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, talking about – you, you, here's what you need to do. First off, how long ago did mom die? Uh, a few years ago. Okay. Yeah, so you need to get a death certificate. You need to I have that. Okay. You need to gather up your siblings. You need to either all go down to City Hall to raise an estate, or the others need to renounce their right to serve as an administrator of her estate, and then you could serve as the sole administrator. The administrator then can evict the the squatters. The administrator can then transfer the property, sell the property, whatever you all decide. If they want you to have it, they can renounce their interest in the estate. So they can renounce as the administrator, the person who's responsible to do all the legwork, or they can renounce not only the administration, but they can renounce their right to a percentage of the property. Because if mom dies without a will... That property belongs equally to you and each of your siblings. When they renounce, they got to do it in writing, right? Yes. And there's where you'll probably need representation. Um, And you should give us a call during the week at 215-227-2727. You ask for my guy, Saul. Um, yeah, better call Saul. And Saul will um, Saul will have a conversation with you and discuss what the costs of all of this are and, and how he can be helpful to getting it done. All right. Well, thank you very much. I just want to say as a senior in Philadelphia, people are scared. Seniors are scared to go out of their house. Go to 52nd Street YMCA and talk to some of the seniors in there. We are scared. Yeah. I hear it in your voice, Bill. Being so forth. You know, you can't walk the streets like you used to. You know, these kids are out in control. Only thing that they they, um, speak to is video games and and rap music, and that's what has raised them, and that's how they think. So whoever runs for mayor, if you hear me, people are scared. Amen. Excuse me, and thank thank you. No, Bill. No, thank you, Bill, uh, because that's what folks need to hear because it's enough. The time has come. We need change in the city of Philadelphia, and it needs to happen from above. Thanks, Bill. Be well. This young man sitting next to us, if anyone need his services. Uh, yeah, Donald, how do people get in touch with you uh, if they need representation? Well, I'll just give them my direct line, 267-391-5461. And if I may mention one other thing that's very important to me, I'm a Bucks County boy. I don't know if I told you yet, Dean, but I'll tell you now. I know this. I'm running for magisterial district judge. Seven one ten. If there's what? any Bucks County listeners, did you just drop a? Yes. Well, <laughs> an announcement. So if there's anybody from Falls Township or any Bucks County Democrats listening, uh, remember to name Don Bermudez. But um, 
And you know what? Donald, you'd make a great judge. Thank you for that. You have a great judicial temperament. Judge He's Bermudez. a kind person. And in the magisterial districts, that's what you're looking for, somebody who can really help the people. Thank you. All right. We are all out of time, as we often are. I'll see you next week, folks. Same time, same place.